Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for those Walt Disney World tips and tricks for planning your magical vacation. And today we're switching it up a little bit. We are looking at Walt Disney World compared to its Orlando counterpart and helping you decide which one you should visit. So this is episode 104, Disney Universal or both. Hey everybody, happy Friday. Thanks so much for listening in today. I am your host, Danielle, and we are talking Disney and Universal kind of side by side today. Which one's going to be right for your family, your travel party, or just yourself? If you haven't been to either or if it's been a long time, what are kind of pros and cons, perks for different age groups or interests that you might want to consider when you're deciding what kind of vacation you want to plan? Also, a little reminder to you, if you've been enjoying the podcast, please take a second to go leave a rating or review wherever you listen, and I'll read those on the next episode, but they definitely help everybody find us who needs a little Disney help uh, with planning their upcoming vacation. So I'd be so appreciative if you took a second, leave that rating or review. All right, so going to be looking today at sort of the Disney vacation, the Universal vacation, and not so much like comparing the two, which one's better. I did kind of a comparison episode back in February, March, when I got back from my Universal trip with fellow travel agents. Um, But this is really just going to be like, hey, here are the facts. Here's how it works at each destination and decide, do you want this one over the other or do you want to do a split stay and do both? Um, I'll also mention I can help you with booking either one of these destinations or a combo. So I know I talk about Disney all the time. That's the premise of the podcast. Uh, Y'all know that's my fave, but Universal definitely has a lot to offer and may be a better fit for, you know, other travel parties. So I've got kind of five key areas that we're going to look at um, to kind of compare and contrast the two. And again, going to try to stick pretty factual, share my own experiences here so that you can make the best decision for you. All right. So first thing we're going to look at is that planning process. So if you're going to go to Universal, if you're going to go to Disney, whether you are that person that plans a year out, which in most cases you can do for both of these destinations, sometimes the Disney stuff opens a little bit later. Um, Or if you're, you know, last minute trying to go, here's kind of the facts of how that's going to work. With Disney, there are definitely benefits to being ahead of the game, specifically at least 60 days out, because that is when dining reservations open. That's when things like building a lightsaber or a droid or going to the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique become available. And realistically, for some of those things, if you don't snag them at that 60-day mark, it can be hard to get them. Now, people always cancel things last minute, but then you're sort of, you know, watching the app all the time, feverishly checking it, trying to get something, whereas there's just a little more peace of mind if you know two months out, you've already got that reservation down. So with Disney, now, if you don't care about any of those things, sure, plan a trip a week from now. If there's availability for you, great, go on. Um, But you do kind of have that benefit of that 60-day out mark. Now, Universal all 
also is going to, you know, open up their dining and some of their special experiences. But for the most part, these things are not coveted, sell out at 6 a.m., 60 days out type things. Um, You can, you know, go a week or two before your trip and find dining reservations at Universal. And you can at Disney as well. But if it's one of those coveted, hard to get character meals, you may not be seeing a lot of availability. So I feel like your planning process at Universal is just a lot more laid back um, when it comes to kind of your homework. I almost feel like with Disney, if you're going to use Genie Plus, you got to kind of do some homework. You need to play around. You need to see how it works. You need to know the 7 a.m. rule and the two-hour window and when you can get individual lightning lanes, all of that mess. Universal doesn't have that. You either get Express Pass, which allows you to skip the line, or you don't. And you stand in the line. There's not, you know, all these times and you're not doing all this stuff with the app. If you have Express Pass, you get one ride on, you know, each of the rides that have those express lanes. You hop in it whenever you're there and you go ride. Um, So you don't really have that homework piece that you need to do. So if you're looking for more of a stress-free vacation or you just don't want to have to do a lot of homework, a lot of planning beforehand, I think Universal is your best bet. Now, can you go to Disney and not have booked any dining reservations and still walk up and get something? Absolutely. Can you choose to not use Genie Plus and still have a great day? Absolutely. So you can still get the benefits at both parks without being a big planner, but just know if there's some hard to get things you want, It's going to be a little harder to navigate that at Disney without some pre-planning. All right, next kind of difference deciding factor that is really a big one, I think, for most people. And what I kind of bring up first if people are sort of on the fence are the rides. So fact is Universal just has more intense rides than Walt Disney World does. Disney is really designed for families. A ton of the rides either don't have a height requirement, or if they do, it's like three, four-year-old size, so that most of the family can ride together. If you go to a Disney park, you're going to find things that everybody on your family can sit on the boat and float on through the ride and have a great time, even infants, you know. But Universal is really about the thrills. You've got rides that drop you, that flip you, that do all the things. Whereas at Disney, your only ride that goes upside down is Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, You got Tower of Terror that kind of drops you to your death. And Tron and Guardian of the Galaxy, those newer rides, Disney has definitely brought in the thrills with those. But it just doesn't compare to what Universal has. I mean, the Hulk, Velocicoaster, things like that are just, you know, taking it to the next level. So that, I think, should be a big consideration is how important are rides to your travel party and height requirements. You know, if you have short four-year-olds and you're going to Universal, there's not a ton they're going to get to ride. But if you have 17-year-old boys that want to be thrown all around, they're going to get a lot more thrill at Universal than they are at Disney World on a boat ride. So definitely something to consider there. Also, 
also just, you know, you could have a thing full of adults, travel party full of adults, but if they're not adventurous, they don't really care about the rides. Then we want to look into another category for kind of deciding what the best option is going to be, and that is theming. So both of these parks have fantastic theming. I've said on my previous episode, though, about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, like, I love all things Disney. I love being there. That bubble just, you know, puts my heart in a happy place. And I love all the Disney characters and that IP. But the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Diagon Alley especially, is just the best theming of any land in Orlando. It's amazing. If you are a Harry Potter fan, you are just going to feel so immersed in that story when you're there. So I'm getting more and more where like I'm not as much of a ride person because I just can't handle it. I get like motion sick. So I'm really starting to experience and appreciate these parks for the other things they have to offer. So let's start with Universal. As far as atmosphere, there are definitely shows. There are are stunt shows that you can watch. There is the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and there are all different lands throughout both parks um, that are really well-themed. You've got Marvel areas. You've got Hollywood, where you feel like you're on movie sets. New York, there's a new Minion Land. Um, So Universal definitely does theming well. Something else I really love about Universal is their streetmosphere. And this is where you'll just kind of be walking through the park and all of a sudden like a flash dance mob will break out or Beetlejuice will just be sitting on a random bench and you can get a picture with him. So it feels like there's always kind of something going on, something to see. Um, They have the great parades like during Mardi Gras where they let, um, you know, actual guests on the floats. So I feel like just outside of the attractions, there's a lot going on at Universal to see and enjoy and be entertained by. But for me at Universal, um, in some spots, the areas are very different. You know, you're going from a world expo kind of area to like Diagon Alley. And so obviously, they've done a great job at, you know, trying to ease and transition from one to the other, but it's just very different. Whereas I feel like at Disney, there's kind of a cohesive flow. And again, I'm partial. I could go to Disney and just like sit and people watch and let like a parade pass by me and stare at the castle and probably be happy and giddy as can be for like half a day. Um, I do feel like the shows at Disney, you've got kind of a really high caliber option there as far as entertainment. Universal has got some great like stunt shows and things that really, you know, keep the excitement going. But a lot of it, I think, has to do with where you're I want to say your heart, but I mean, where you're tied up with the characters. If you have a connection with the Disney characters and, you know, seeing Beauty and the Beast is going to make you weepy and you just kind of grew up with those stories, I think that's really going to connect with you. Whereas I feel at Universal, you're not really tied in as much to that nostalgia um, when it comes to kind of just shows, atmosphere, that kind of thing. Um 
Disney definitely has the characters and things around, but not for the most part just walking down the streets. You might see that occasionally, but most of the time they're in a building, you're waiting in line for them, or, you know, they are outdoors, but they have a handler there and you're also just waiting in line for them. So it just makes the experience a little different um, and a little more structured than just seeing your favorite character, you know, walking down the street. All right, next up, let's look at the food category. So I already talked about dining and how getting reservations to eat food can, you know, differ at both parks. But let's talk about the actual food options. So Universal... I feel like your gym there is City Walk, which is located between the two parks. There are a ton of great restaurants. There's quick service things like Panda Express or where you can get some, you know, empanadas, donuts, whatever that may be. But there's also great restaurants where you can sit down like Toothsome's Chocolate Emporium, Hard Rock Cafe, again, without having to fight tooth and nail necessarily to get reservations at these places. Um, When I I was there. I definitely had some great snack options in the parks, um, but there aren't a ton of like sit down meals at the parks and your quick service is kind of your typical grab and go. So I wasn't like woo wooed over that. I'll just say I think Disney wins out on this a bit just because they have more options. I mean, in the theme parks themselves, there are multiple like sit-down restaurants, tons of quick service restaurants, and then you also have everything at the hotels. Universal has got great on-site hotels as well. But if you are a big foodie, um, I think you're probably going to prefer Disney just for all the options. Now, if you're not going to the theme parks to eat, then and you're happy with, you know, your traditional theme park fare, sure, go whichever. You're going to get your burger and your chicken nuggets um, and all of that good stuff. I will say Disney does a great, great job with food allergies. I have a previous episode with my friend Nicole um, where she talks about being gluten-free and all that they do there. Universal can definitely work with and accommodate you, um, but Disney just has a reputation for being, most of the time, kind of hitting it out of the park with food allergies. All right, and then And a last area that I want to kind of look at is traveling with young kids in your party. Um, And for this one, I'm kind of totally leaning one way over the other. And that's just with Disney. Now, if your kid isn't tied into the characters and the IP for Disney, um, that's fine. This isn't even what I'm basing it on. It's more so just options for young children. At Universal, in the actual Universal Studios Park, there is just not a ton there for kids. Um, I mean, if they're into Harry Potter, yes, but I guess I'm thinking like five and under, where maybe they're not, you know, Potterheads yet. Um, In Universal Studios, really your only land that's designed for kids is this minion land that's got, you know, ride attraction, a candy store, that kind of thing. Um, And then over in Islands of Adventure, you've got Toontown, 
or sorry, Toon Lagoon, and you also have Seuss Landing. So one is kind of Dr. Seuss themed. One is like Popeye, that sort of branding, um, which again, kids may know. I just know my own kids growing up, there wasn't really that connection to Dr. Seuss as much as there was that connection to those Disney characters. So meeting Cat in the Hat wasn't going to like throw us over the top like it would be if we were meeting Mickey. Um, The other thing is, you know, Disney, as I said before, with the rides and the shows, a lot of it just is designed strictly for families. So if you're worried about keeping, you know, your toddler entertained, then I really think Disney is the way to go here. I think if you're heading to Universal for a full day and your toddler's only able to ride two or three things and the rest of the time they're just waiting in the stroller while the grownups go on rides, I think it's going to be a a little tough, but I would encourage you definitely like look at park maps, look at attraction list, look at height requirements, and just make sure if you go the universal route with young kids, either maybe you're planning short days, you're going to do different things in between. Or maybe you seek out some of those shows and other things that your younger kiddos may enjoy um, to kind of fill some of the time. All right. And last thing that I want to end with is just kind of pros with both of these theme parks. So starting with Universal, its really biggest pro to me is just that proximity piece. So you've got your on-site hotels. Many of them you can walk to the parks from. And the thing about the Universal theme parks, there are two of them. City Walk is in the middle and it is is a walk. You just walk. You park in one parking structure, you come through security, and then you're good for Islands of Adventure, Universal Orlando, and City Walk. You can spend your day there if you have their park to park ticket, kind of like their park hopper, or you can just hang out in the one park and city walk. But everything is walkable. If you want to go back and forth park to park, you either walk across city walk or you can take the Hogwarts Express if you have that park hopper option. And you really just aren't wasting a ton of time with transportation. Now, both of the parks are going to provide free transportation if you're staying on property. So if you're staying at a Universal Hotel, there will be buses that will take you right there to that City Walk entrance if you choose not to walk. Same thing at Disney. Now, with Disney, you've got multiple options for transportation based on where you're staying, buses, boats, Skyliner, all of that. But the Disney property is just much larger. You're going to have to choose to stay at a deluxe resort and pay a little bit more if you want that proximity of walking to a theme park. And in those cases, you're only walking to one. The only two Disney theme parks that you could walk between are Epcot and Hollywood Studios. But it's not like a five minute walk like it is at Universal. It's like 15 or 20. Again, transportation can take you back and forth. But when you look at doing the park hopper, visiting multiple parks in a day at Disney, it's just harder to do because you lose a chunk of time with that transportation. 
Now, having visited multiple hotels at both these locations, I will say there are great accommodations. There's an awesome variety if you need something kind of value, moderately priced, or if you want to stay deluxe at something with more amenities and proximity to the parks, they both have those. There are both perks at Universal and Disney for staying on their property, like getting in early um, to the theme parks each day. And then just, you know, those added amenities, all of these hotels are going to have food courts and gift shops for you and be able to help you with ticketing and anything else that comes up on your vacation. Um, So really, all in all, Disney and Universal, fantastic properties, great theming, lots of attractions and things for people to do. I think the one that I sort of hold highest um, is what is your relationship to the characters? You know, if you've got a crazy Harry Potter fan, you need to go over to Universal. If you have that nostalgia with the Disney characters, go there and feel like a kid again. And then secondly is just sort of your ride preference and height, age, thrill level of your travel party. Um, If you have those thrill seekers that really want to be wooed, you need to go over to Universal and scream your head off. If you've got, you know, younger kids or looking for things for the whole family or people that aren't as much into rides. I think being on the Disney property is still going to give you plenty to do and be a better fit. Now, your other option, just go to both. So a couple things to note about that. If you stay on a universal property um, at one of their hotels. They actually have shuttles. They are paid, but they will shuttle you to Disney and pick you back up later in the evening and bring you back to that universal property. So that can be a great option if you want to do both and you don't have a vehicle down there. You also can Uber. Now, Disney, however, does not have shuttles that will take you out of their bubble. So you will have to do the Uber route or something like that. Now, because there are perks, though, to staying on site at both properties, some people just move halfway through their vacation. So they'll spend a few days at Universal, pack up and then go over to a Disney hotel so that you get those perks of the early entry and things like that at both properties. And something I didn't mention with Universal, if you stay at one of their deluxe level hotels, they call them Premier, you actually get their Express Pass included. And that is a huge perk because Express Pass is much more expensive to skip the lines over there than Genie Plus is. Because, you know, you're not making reservations, you're just going. And it also limits the number of people that will purchase it. Um, It's going to vary day to day, but I mean, we're talking over 100 bucks a ticket. So having that included with your deluxe hotel stay is a huge perk. And I've even heard of some people staying on Disney property the whole time, but they'll book a universal room and not use it just to get that included express pass. Because for a family paying deluxe and getting everyone in the room, having express pass included can be a huge, huge money saver. So that's just another perk, another reason that you might want to consider moving yourself and staying on both properties to get some of those included perks. And then last thing to consider with doing a split stay like this is just the fact that when you shorten your number of days of tickets at each park, you do end up paying a bit more 
per day. So if I'm going to Disney for two days, I'm going to pay a certain amount of dollars per day. But if I extend that out to four or five days, yes, it costs more. I'm staying more days, but I'm paying less per day for each park I'm visiting. So it may be cheaper in the long run to do, you know, this year we're going to vacation at Disney and do all that. And this year we're going to vacation at Universal and do that. But you definitely can combine them, have a great time, kind of pick your must-dos at each property. You're definitely not going to get everything done in two or three days at each one, but you can definitely hit some highlights and some things that everybody in your travel party can enjoy and remember. All right, friends, hopefully this laid out some facts for you about differences between Disney and Universal and things you might want to consider if you are choosing one or the other for your next vacation. I would be so very happy to help you with planning that at no cost to you. Remember, you can find me over on Instagram at Mountains of Magic, on Facebook at Fantastical Vacations by Danielle with one L, or you can email me at Danielle Robbins at FantasticalVacations.com. I'll get you a over that free quote and we'll start talking about planning your trip. But as always, friends, I thank you so very much for listening and hope you have a magical day. Bye-bye.